knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about bug out bags. Um, well, with the bug out bags, I mean, there's a couple of different things that come to mind. Um, a lot of people, you know, you say your go bag or this and that. Well, today, well, I mean, there's the 72-hour bag, and we did a great episode, and I think I might throw it up later in the week as a classic episode if it's not still available. But uh, the 72-hour bag is is kind of what you keep in your car or if you're, you know, going somewhere and you just need to, you know, make sure you can get home if you end up stranded somewhere. Mm-hmm. But when I say bug out bag, this is a little more, this is bugging out. That That's a little different than a go bag. Um, bugging out means my house is overrun or I'm leaving and I'm not coming back or somebody's coming in looking for me and, and I'm going to go hike the Appalachian trail for 10 years or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever comes up like that, that's, that's what we're talking about. Like it's, it's over where you are and you need to sustain all your needs. Now, hopefully your mind and your skills are going to, you know, give you what you need, but there's obviously a lot of things that can give you a great head start on survival and things that'll make life so much easier. And there are a lot of cool videos on YouTube and, and different uh, survival and bushcraft guys that can teach you basically how to do everything. But I know basically time is money and a lot of people haven't given you know that much time into their survival or maybe you're just new at it and and new at being prepared maybe you're not the outdoor camper uh bushcraft guy that kevin is you know kevin's the bushcraft master so you know maybe you're not at his level i i I, he's smiling so i don't know i'm a little worried but uh you know but uh Anyway, so basically think of a bag, but I also wanted to contain it to where I could fit everything in like one C bag size bag. Right. Now, 
even cooler if you're the guy who can get it down to a nice, you know, backpack bag. Um, I, I don't really see that as feasible. I mean, the go bag or a, a bug out bag is more something you're planning. You're driving, you're taking, you're the four wheeler, or if you're hiking, you know, you're going to have to freaking make a go of it. Cause we're talking about some substantial stuff. Right. If we're talking about limited and you're, you've got to run through the woods and whatever, then maybe the 72 hour bag is all you're going to get. And right. you got to make that work. And but this is something a little bit more substantial and something you can take with you as you're heading out. Um, Kevin, uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Well, well, you know, let's, let's kind of go through the keys of life, right? Water is number one for survival. Yeah. Let's, let's start with uh, water. Um, now where I live, there's a lot of uh, places where you can access clean water that you can just drink it. Um, not a smart idea to do though, especially in a, in a serious situation. You don't want to find yourself, you know, having diarrhea or uh, throwing up, you know, for, for hours and hours because you did something stupid and you're already in an emergency situation, situation that just got worse. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great water filtration systems out there that you can, that are lightweight that you can put in your bag, get ready to go. Um, I like to personally keep a certain amount of water stored in my bug out bag, bottles of water. Uh, it's easy to it's easy to take the bottles out, dump them out, refill them when you're getting ready to go if you have to. But really, a sealed bottle of water is going to last for for a pretty long time. Well, and here's here's the cool thing: um, a lot of the survival books that um, I've I've come across, or actually, not even a lot of guys thought about about it, but a few guys who actually did some smart planning realize that one of the problems people have is, and this is especially with like your 72 hour bag or people who aren't really planned or prepared um, is nobody has a container for their water. Mm -hmm. So by throwing six or it's going to depend on the size of your group, but six small pull and spring size bottles of water, Aquafina, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, six or so of those bottles and maybe it's four if you think oh i'm surrounded by lakes and creeks then maybe that's right for you is is less because obviously these things weigh you know they weigh a lot and they they do affect you but having like six per person and the appropriate person carrying their own water and maybe you know everybody carries a little extra if you're carrying for a child or something like that but then in turn you're gonna have these containers that can be refilled. Right. And that's going to solve problems for you right out of the gate because mm-hmm. everybody needs a container. So you may as well have it filled with water. Um, a lot of people have that camelback bladder system somehow incorporated in their preps. And if you do, you know, that puts you ahead of the game. Um, yeah, I know I, my I 72 have, hour bag. Right. Yeah, I have, I have the camel pack and, uh, I have to say, I, I love it. I use it every time I went from, um, one liter to three liters. Um, uh, just, mm-hmm. I always find that when you're actually outdoors and you're moving, you need a lot more water than you normally, than you normally consume in a day to day situation. So it's something that, something that, um, you know, whatever you, th- however much water you think you need, you need more than that. 
So uh, well, that's definitely because you got to remember you're expending. You know, you're sweating. You're out there working. Usually, you're hiking to your location. Once mm-hmm. you find an appropriate location, obviously, I assume you're finding a place that has water or you're smart enough to know a way to get water if there's not an obvious source mm-hmm. right away or you're just picking a bad place. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making a mistake if that's right. your destination. Um, so, but you need to be prepared to survive with water that you find. And I got to say, your little culverts and creeks and stuff like that, unless you have a way to filter it, are not going to be the answer. Now, a creek, if you have water purification, that's good. But if you're taking it out of a culvert and almost true straight groundwater, you're going to need a way to filter it as well as purify it. Right. So, I don't know. Do you have more on on filtering and purifying? Well, one, one, I would say, uh, when you're getting your water purification or your water filtration system, shop around a little bit. I've found some good brands. I've found some shitty brands. I've found some that are heavy that work really well. Um, but, you know, you, you have to kind of balance that. Um, some of them are, you know, if you once you get it, you need to use it and make sure that that's it's something that works. I know a lot of people swear by the life straw. Personally, I don't I yes. don't really like it as much. Uh, the life straw is, is very popular, um, popular because right. it's simple, it's cheap, and it's small to store. Right. So everybody likes it for those three reasons. You know, mm-hmm. chim- simple, awesome, cheap, awesome, and but simple is I guess a relative term because, mm-hmm. like you said, the problem is you got to get the water through the straw, and in order to do it, it takes effort. And you know what? You don't need to be spending extra effort to you know when you're in a desperate survival situation where i assume you're covering miles and and moving um one of the there's a lot of really cool videos on youtube on water purification and like one like getting water out of rocks and stuff like that you'll see a lot of that on the bushcraft channels you know where you know you're kind of catching it out of the earth where it's actually like just kind of weeping out of the ground and kind of tapping into that then it's filtered naturally by the ground, which is pretty awesome. Right. There's any also a lot of water, videos. Yeah, any spring right. water you come across, you can drink that without filtering it, without doing anything to it. Um, but those springs no. are not so easy to find unless you are, no. you know, you know where one is. And you're unless you know. There. Right. Yeah, because people, when they find them, they, it's a thing, you know, right. they, 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 oh, that's that spring, you know, right. and then all of a sudden it's a popular source, you know. Mm-hmm. I know when I was a kid, we had a, a cottage up in Canada on a lake and everybody would drive to a certain cove and go to a, you know, a set spring that used to be like the spring, you know, right. that for the lake, you know, they used to like sell the water kind of thing. And, and, you know, it was, it was a thing, you know, you'd go there and it was funny cause we actually used to go and we'd dig up bottles cause you'd find all the bottles from the 1800s and, and that kind of thing, because that's, you know, when people find a resource like that, they keep going back to it. Right. And and that's what you got to, you know, realize they're they're not as as plentiful as you might think. Anyway, a lot of neat videos on uh, on making your own uh, spring, which would be or not spring. Sorry, water filtration, mm-hmm. which would be awesome. And, and rain catchment systems, depending on your climate. But I got to tell you, I know like where I live, you can go a lot of days without rain. So if that's your only plan, it's mm. not a great plan. Yeah. Um, maybe if you live in Seattle or Ireland, 
that might be different. You know, maybe rain catchment is your thing. Is it? Yeah. But uh, now um, um, one thing I want to touch on real quick. We're gonna hit it again again when we get down into the um, into the food stuff. Um, but uh, stoves, they're not they're not uh that difficult. When I in my seventy two hour bag, I have a um I have a rocket stove which just yeah hooks right on top of a, a little um, propane tank. It screws right on, and you can set your oh. little pot of, of water on top of it and boil it. Now, great thing about boiling water is um, is even if you have some bits of shit in the in the water, it's still gonna it's still gonna kill off any bacteria in there. If you've got right. cloudy water and you add chlorine or bleach or um, purification tablets, it'll purify that water, but it's gonna take a lot longer because that bacteria. Hot, you know, kind of hides in the particles of debris that's in that water. Um, so, mm-hmm. so when you're using purification tablets or whatever you're using, uh, you know, if you don't have a filtration system, you really need to find the clearest water you can get because the cloudier it is, the less effective that disinfectant is going to be, whether it's tablets or, or bleach droplets or whatever it is that you're you're using. Um, yep. But now I've got a, a rocket stove in my 72-hour bag. But my long-term, uh, long-term bug out, bug out bag, I, I, uh, I carry a one of those small Coleman stoves with it. Uh, okay. You know, that's just for cooking food and everything else, but it also works great for boiling some water. All right. Now, last thing before we jump too far ahead, um, water purification tablets. Uh, it's about eight bucks for a hundred in those jars. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're very small, easy to store. And basically each tablet is going to get you like one water bottle purified. Right. So on the go. Now, if you strain that water through a cloth or something beforehand, get out the bigger stuff, it's going to help. Um, read the label. Each brand is different, but typically you end up needing that water purification tablet in the water in contact for about 30 minutes mm-hmm. before it becomes drinkable. So be aware of that and plan ahead. Um Next, uh, also Sawyer makes a great one. They make one that you can hook to your camelback bladder for about 45 bucks, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, so you can just refill it out of the creek or something. Sawyer also makes ones that'll screw on to the top of a water bottle, which is kind of cool. Um, they have a couple other neat, different little tricks. Uh, Sawyer has been a brand that I trusted and, you know, they've actually paid off for me, but, uh, you know, they're just very simple to use and they don't seem to clog up too much and, and they, they work, you know, very straightforward. Next thing, if you're grabbing out of um, a questionable pond or something like that, don't forget about look up maybe gypsy wells where you dig a hole next to the pond and let the earth strain through it. That water is not going to be drinkable right away, but it's going to get out a lot of the toxins. Um, technically, you know, I've definitely seen people who will drink that water and they say it's enough. I've never seen anybody get sick from it, but you can always do more. Yeah. Um, you, so at that like, point, yeah, the, like we were saying, you really don't want to be sick in an emergency situation. Right. Purification tablets would pay off at that point. Or if once you're at your established location, if you haven't set up a better filter system, the gypsy well, then boil the water and you'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Um just something to think about because, you know, especially as things start to decline in society, the cleanliness of water is one of the first things that seems to go. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Back to cooking. um, Another thing I would think about, you know, a rocket stove is awesome. The the store bought ones. Sometimes they're really easy with putting in little sticks and whatever. They don't do a lot of uh, smoke. Mm -hmm. Is that yours works off like just natural sticks and wood or is yours like use little fuel tablets? Yeah, it's a propane. propane. Okay. Now, so if you do that, just realize at some point that fuel source is going to run out. What I would do is make sure you have some kind of grill top that right. you can either know how to make one because you figured out from bushcraft guys on the internet. Um, I've definitely seen people work out like flat stones and work out like some kind of griddle and even make clay. I've seen videos, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. But find a way that you're going to have something to cook on and also like a pot. Now, I love and in my bag, I have the Stanley Cook set. Mm-hmm. Um, they have several different versions depending on the money you want to spend. Um, however, they all kind of stack into each other. Like that, that's one of the neat things about Stanley is they really utilize the space mm-hmm. where you can have several different cooking utensils and containers um, and they're all loaded into each other. So they don't take up a whole lot of space in your bag. This so being able to hang from a tripod or something is awesome or on the flip side, you know, Kevin's even seen like cooking sets. I think he's mentioned in the past about tripods that you can kind of buy and like little setups to hang a grate or things like that. Right. You I can expand have, it. Yeah. I actually have a tripod that, ha- you know, and it has a grill has a grate. that, that hangs from a chain from the tripod that you can raise or lower. And that I really, I bring that. You I said that was pretty cheap, right? You found yeah, that. I think at, like, I found Walmart that for 12 bucks or something. It's not expensive. Okay. And it's, so uh, if you're not afraid to buy something from China, mm-hmm. Kevin can get it for you for 12 bucks. Yeah. If you're, a, I only buy an American guy, then you can get it for about 60 bucks. Maybe a hundred. Yeah, it's about. And uh, you know that that sounds right. We all make our choices in life. Um, so anyway, some type of grill is going to pay off or cooking source. And like I said, it doesn't mean you can't find a way to do it. You know, I mean, I I've definitely watched bushcraft videos where they're making bowls. They're actually making you know pottery out of clay and and doing it. And they're making a frying pan kind of thing. And so all this stuff is possible. But if you don't know how, don't think, oh, well, I'll make stuff out of clay. Yeah, right. And there's a lot of places that if you, haven't... you can end up that it just isn't going to have the natural material there to make right. make something. Um, I always actually, carry, where I, live is I always good carry a pan. Um, the pot I, yeah. I usually so, bring... I, you know, I have my 72 hour bag is really just a a large, a really large metal cup. But, um, you know, in my, in my longer term bug out, uh, bag, I've got, you know, like pots, like a pot pot and a pan. Yeah. You know, now along with that, um, they sell a lot of, uh, simple, easy to use, uh, low space, low, uh, low weight, um, plate sets basically you know it'll come with a, a plate a bowl um spoon you know spoon and fork spork situation and um you know you can get it for less than 20 bucks and it's going to not take up right. very many space it all comes apart and disassembles and i have one of those for each person in each bag right now next thing um 
I was going to say with like the Stanley kits or Kevin just talking about these pots and things like that, the pre-made sets. Now with a cook set, you have a little empty space in the middle. I love to throw some like bouillon cubes in there Mm -hmm. um, or tea bags or something like that. So at least while you're on the go, before you're growing things or whatever, you can maybe, um, you know, have a, uh, a little flavor with your life, I guess is what I'm getting at. Right. You know, these things, um, you can also do those tea bags that have a, uh, not tea, but uh, instant coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not a tea guy and you really prefer coffee, you can throw some instant coffee bags in there. They just make the trip a little more enjoyable. Um, also for long term, you know, if you could throw a container of bullion cubes or something like that in the bag, mm-hmm. just in general with extra space, or the instant coffee packets, things like that, not a bad thing. Um, If you like a certain type of seasoning that you're like, hey, you know, I need some Tony Cheshire's, uh, you know, Creole mix or something in there, Mm -hmm. you know, that could change the way food tastes for a while. Yeah, yeah, and that stuff Um, is really like that. That seasoning is, I know a lot of people think it's unnecessary, but it weighs nothing. It doesn't weigh, you're not, it's not holding you down, and it's going to make... Uh, make your fate food a million times better. Um, you know, and even if you only break it out at Christmas or something, all right, you know, whatever. Now, one of the things that I, I found been really useful with, uh, with cooking when, when you're on the move and you're outdoors is a small, like a cutting board. Um, I have a small one and I was using it in my long-term, uh, my long-term, uh, survival gear. Um, but I did do a long term camping bag. Yeah, I did do a long term uh, trip, and I broke it at a little one, and it just it just was a piece uh, of crap. And I've been using now, it forever. The one you snack. did in order for weight. Now, did you do it like a small plastic sheet? Yeah, just a small. Um, I've also seen those ones that like roll out, which are kind of nice. You know that. Well, I was gonna say I just upgraded one. Um, so okay. I, I got it on uh, Amazon, and it's cutting board, but it it's uh it's collapsible where it's it's collapsed and it's a cutting board but then you can uh you know pop it up and it's kind of like a it's like a small um basin where you can you know wash your dishes and such afterwards now a lot of people think uh, don't think much about that but you're really gonna have to clean your your uh you know your your utensils and shit you don't want to be and maybe you won't get sick maybe it's just gonna taste like old rotten food and it's gonna be gross you know you gotta. You're gonna have to bring some sort of equipment to clean your, your stuff. Whether it's a small thing of dish soap, um, you know, they sell those uh, travel bags. What I did was, uh, they sell those little travel bags with the clear containers that you can put, um, you know, bring your liquids, your shampoos and shit on the airplane. But those are great because you can fill it up with, uh, with um, dish soap, and it's not, you know, it's not like a big bottle or anything like that, but it's enough to clean all your, your stuff for a few weeks. It would make life a little bit easier. I got to give you that. Mm-hmm. And that's it if you're sparing. I mean, you know, I know what we go through at our kitchen sink. And honestly, the bottle seems to last a long time. But I also know I use about five times the amount of soap that I actually need. Right. You to pour, do the I pour it all over the sponge and right. it's like, yeah, a whole, like there's soap everywhere. Yeah. Because I'm ridiculous, right. but when you're, when, like you said, when you're using it, maybe sparingly, it's just it the bubble take... party. You're reminiscent of your youth, you know. You're right. like, oh, I used to like bubble baths. Uh huh. Let's make dish time fun, right? 
Yeah. Now let's talk real quick. I just wanted to say when we're well, when we're going over the food stuff, there's a lot of great um, uh, protein bars, energy bars that those things last a long time. You can stick them in right. your bag and forget about them for a year. The bars and, and maybe yeah, you'll be a little stale, a year definitely. You'll be all right. Uh, and that's usually the first thing once you hit the expiration date is I found that the bars go from being a bar to being like a, a granola, you know, right, they become right. like cereal uh-huh. and you know, it's still edible, but you know, whatever you use your judgment on what you're willing to eat. But I know if you're hungry, you're hungry. Um, what I do have in my 72 hour bag, I think I was at like Gander mountain or one of those places I bought like a $2,000 or 2000 calorie brick. That's like some kind of high nutrition, like giant granola bar, but you basically just like cut wedges off it. <laughs> and, but it had like a like 25 year shelf life or, or maybe it was like five years. I don't Have know. Have you I tried it out at all? Have that. you eaten any? No, it looked gross. Yeah, it, looked, but it sounds like, terrible, but. 2000 calories right there and just some kind of big compressed. Yeah. You know, you fill bellies with that. Um, yeah. And when you, you know, when but you're it took up on no the move. Space. Yeah. When you're on the it. move. Those calories are important because you don't have enough food and you don't think much about it. I'm not going to stop any. I'm just going to keep moving. That's when you fuck up. Um, That's when you you slip and and bust your ass. A few MREs would be good. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as taste goes, MREs don't have a huge shelf life. I'm not saying you can't eat them after a long time. I'm just saying the taste degrades. Mm -hmm. So you may want to, uh, you know, if you're able to rotate through them. I definitely, you know, and just buy them when they're cheap and they're not always cheap, but I know I had a coworker who used to do, you know, MREs all the time for lunch and thinks they're the greatest things. Well, something like that, he can rotate through, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what he was telling me. It's like, yeah, I have a, an extra like 30 in my closet and I keep rotating through, but he was eating at least 20 in a month, you know, mm-hmm. he was, he was going through it. So Something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you should have at least two or three days worth of food that you can do unless you're like super nature guy who can recognize food. You know, yeah. obviously, like I said, everything in your bug out bag can be replaced by a skill. Mm-hmm. But you need to, you know, if you don't have these skills, you need to have a way that you're going to eat until you get where you're going. Right. And when you get where you're going let's hope that you don't starve to death either. And we'll have other episodes on how you can, uh, you know, get around that. Right. And then, you know, but, another you thing know. to keep in mind is when this, when shit goes down and you got to get out and you're grabbing your shit, grab some fucking food because the food that you have in your bag may not be able to, you know, keep everybody around. You might open up some, some, some of the stuff you've had in there and it's bad now because it's been sitting there for five years. Think about that as you're out of the moving out of the house. Now, uh, we'll get into this in a few minutes, but I don't carry any firearms in my bag. My firearms don't stay in the bag. They stay, you know, in other places where I access them. It's another thing that I'm going to be grabbing on the way out along with my bag. And it should right. be, food should be one of those things also. And that's like, I mean, if you're jumping in the truck and you're like, all right, we're heading out. I grabbed the go bag, we're got, you know, or the bug out bag, and, and we're getting out of here quick. Well, you know what? How cool is it if you can grab that case of water right. you have extra sitting in your house from your home preps? Right. If you have room, these are things you want to take, you know, or, hey, I have a couple of containers of long-term food storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
throw, you can bring throw them in there. We want you to bring them. Mm-hmm. But the bag is supposed to be where you can start over. Right. You know, if you can bring this other stuff to get you through winter or to get you through, then that's what you should be doing by all means. Don't get me wrong. We're just trying to say, you know, this is something where I have to have it all in a bag and I have to rebuild the world and I'm going to be able to do it. You know, I mean, there is hitting the tool shed and grabbing pitchfork, the chainsaw, the axe, the, you know, these things are going to matter, you know, they're going to make life so much easier. I mean, I can't imagine not grabbing my axe if I'm heading out. And so one, you should know where these things are. Mm hmm. Yeah, my wife always gives me a hard time because I keep the axe like under the bed, like right there. And it's not in any way for a self-defense thing. It's a, I don't want it getting damaged or anything to touch it. One of the kids or the, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, that's my axe. I love that. What do you mean? (laughs) I love it more than you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, because when you have certain tools are just so useful Mm -hmm. and when they're kept and maintained properly. So, don't get us wrong. I mean, yeah, if you can bring that long-term food storage, if you can bring, you know, all the tools out of your shed, these things, the water, you know, as much water as you can load in your truck, these things are going to make life so much easier and buy you so much more time in order to prepare a better and, you know, more established camping hiding location, you know, and get set up. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. I mean, you should not be like, I have to get out. And if you have an extra hour, there's a lot of things you can load up. But again, it's stuff that you can bring in your vehicle. And maybe right. it's stuff that you'll be able to trade to get where you're going. Or maybe it's stuff, you know, because say you're going to a location where you're going to have to hike into the woods for 30 miles. Well, guess what? You're not going to bring your whole tool shed. Right. But could you bury it? bury it by the road and go back for things as you need them. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, you know, and, and by bury, I mean, cover, conceal, you know, something where, you know, throw a tarp over it and some light debris, you know, who knows there's gotta be a way, Mm -hmm. but just keep that in mind. And maybe if you're not going to be able to go back for stuff, cause you're just moving forward, you know, you're going to make your way up to Canada or something. Right. Well, maybe you can trade off some of these items to people along the way to get what you want. Yeah. Now we always talk about keeping your, your, uh, your vehicle at least half full of fuel. Uh, but if you're grabbing stuff, you know, another good idea would be to grab that gas can that you have for your lawnmower or grab the gas can that you have for whatever equipment you use and have an extra, you know, two gallons of gas. It might make a huge difference between getting to someplace where you can get more more fuel or getting by, where you're going without having to stop. Right. And by two gallons of gas, Kevin means 10 gallons of gas. Yeah, you know how it goes. And, and by 10 gallons, it really probably should be 20. You yeah. know, it's... Yeah, now I have I have about twelve gallons I think right now of fuel, but it's you know it's one of those things that you kind of have to keep keep refreshing unless you're really like you know into the long term fuel storage. We've done yeah, jokes but, on that. But between the well, the cool thing like diesel lasts longer. Mm-hmm. So my tractor, I got to say, five gallons of diesel goes a long way. Like I, I can't even believe how far it goes, and diesel will store. So I I keep about twenty gallons, mm-hmm. but People who have tractors, in theory, you can buy forklifts that, you know, forks that go on the front of your tractor instead of the bucket. You could throw a 55-gallon drum on that pa- on a pallet, 
And you could load that in the back of your pickup, drive to the gas station, fill it up, Mm -hmm. drive it back, pallet it, you know, take it back off. I'm just saying these are things you could do because diesel will keep. And I have buddies who, you know, are already doing this and I'm trying to get there. Um, And you don't need the fancy. Now, I understand there may be certain laws I'm violating in telling you this, but uh, and by I mean, by telling you, I mean, by actually doing this. Mm -hmm. But I definitely know people who are doing it. And your plastic container is no different than a plastic container that, you know, you're buying and they're actually thicker, a 55 gallon drum Mm -hmm. than, you know, what you're getting for your other. However, you're storing quantity. Yeah, Which now, again, you maybe your eyes open. So finding a fifty-five gallon drum is not difficult if you not if you're paying attention. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can go shopping for one and spend a lot of money on one, but you can get them for from for right. free or fifteen bucks now, in a lot of places. Unless unless you're using a ridiculous amount of gas, do not store gas like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the answer. This is the answer for diesel and something like that. And what's weird is up in the north, I know I can get um, the big 250-gallon uh, fuel tanks for very cheap, and they're all over the place. Down here, they're like a $1,000 thing, mm-hmm. and I, I don't understand that, but, you know, because nobody has it. But so if you want your storage for your, you know, tractor or whatever, but anyway, 55-gallon drum is, is kind of a cool option. Yeah. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I'm going to get back on task here. All right. Let's so, move on to now let's uh, move into to clothing. Clothes. Clothing in clothing. your bag that you keep keeping. Okay. Now, what I like to do is I get those gallon Ziploc bags. Um mm-hmm. and uh, I'll put you know boxer shorts and socks and a t-shirt in each one. And you know, I have about I think I have about 5. I usually double up on the socks cuz having wet feet, walking with wet feet is shitty. And if mm-hmm. you have you know, three extra pairs of socks, you can take your wet socks off, put dry socks on, put them back in the wet boots, and you're going to be dry for for a little while longer. Then you can swap out again and you can, you know, just keep doing it. And eventually uh, it's, you know, eventually you're going to either run out of socks or your boots are going to be dry. But one way or another, you're going to be a lot better off uh, having extra Yeah, it's going to buy you time. I'm going to say wool socks. Um, And also think where you get going. You're not going to wear the same clothes over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. You're bugging out. Let's assume if you're bugging out, you're going for at least five days. Right. And you may be going for forever. You may be going for a month, a year, uh, whatever, but at least you're going for five days or, and, and the thing is like, keep in mind a bug out bag could be because an earthquake, you know, knocks out your house and you're now camping in the backyard or a tornado hit it or whatever. Right. Now we're assuming that, well, I'll just go stay with my neighbors or I'll go drive with cousin Lucy or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's all probably true. But I know sometimes roads and access and things happen depending on the disaster. Sometimes you end up in a situation where it's going to be a week or five days or 10 days or Mm -hmm. whatever. And all Um, of a sudden you realize that that hurricane made you a fucking refugee and you need to have the shit to take care of yourself for a long time. It's a lot of things better than a FEMA camp. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Now, I like to have, I have a good pair of gloves that I really, really have come in handy a lot. You know, when you're out there working, 
trying to trying to you know get fuel for the fire trying to do whatever you're doing your hands are going to get raw real fast unless that's something that you're doing every day either you know oh, if so you're if a, you're a man's man yeah and you if you're a carpenter like or a stonemason or something like that you, maybe you don't need gloves but yeah, it's not right. bad to have um hat gloves. and guess what you might have people with you who might all of a sudden start working with their hands. Yeah, I I uh, so was doing that in mind. Like I said, I was doing a long-term trip uh uh with the family last uh last week and uh you know, I I do that every every year and um and the missus brought a pair of gloves and it was she loved it. She, it was great. She was oh, hold on, let me get my gloves. And uh nice. She loved it. It was great and it worked worked really well. It doesn't weigh anything, you know, a pair of good pair of gloves. You want to get a good pair though. I mean, those little knit cotton ones, they'll keep your hands yeah. warm, but they're going to be fucking soaking wet and disgusting in about 15 minutes. Um, also, I like to uh, get, um, I like to keep a Under Armour hoodie in, uh, in my bag. You know, if you get the newer ones or you get a, a quality one, they're going to be somewhat waterproof, you know, not, not waterproof, but water resistant, water will beat up and run off and, and you can kind of keep dry even with something like that but it's also important to have some rain gear um one of the things that works really well as rain gear if you're in a pinch is uh some of those 55 gallon trash bags uh or yeah down trash bags yeah so those are those are great nothing get nothing worse ones. than being nothing cooler than being the 55 gallon uh, trash bag family yeah oh the right. trash bag family came in out of the woods nice <laughs> yeah now let's talk about shelter. When you're on the move, you've got lightweight stuff. Let's say you're let's say you're you don't have access to a vehicle. You had to abandon your vehicle, and you're on the move on foot, carrying what you can carry. Um, so what I'm going to say is, paracord, tarp, tent. You can get really yep. inexpensive lightweight tents, three man tents, four man t- tents. However many people can't carry the tent, tarp, tarp, tarp. Right. But you want a tarp and a tent in a perfect world. Right. And having a little extra tarp, maybe for firewood drying, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on your climate, that might be a big idea too. Yeah. Now I always bring a small lightweight sleeping bag, uh, but if I'm bugging out in the winter, that's not going to be sufficient. I'm going to have to pull that bag out and get a heavier, heavy duty bag in there. Um, I keep right. it in there cause it's lightweight, but you know, in certain situations, you really have to plan for the cold climate. I know a lot of you guys in Texas, even in December, if you're bugging out, you're not going to have this issue, but you know, us guys up in the North, um, you know, we have to be conscientious cause there's nothing worse than fucking bugging out and then right. freezing. When you get the real cold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did, uh, the wilderness survival merit badge in boy scouts. And I thought in my mind, oh, if I do it in the winter, it'll be so easy to build the shelter. I'll uh, be the coolest guy around. Right. Because nope. snow <laughs> is the coolest. Well, let me tell you, I had like the the zero degree maybe sleeping bag, but this is New York in the mountains in the winter. And I, I, I don't remember if I had a fire or not, but I know I froze my ass off mm-hmm. and I did not sleep one minute in that night. Cause yeah. it's funny. You get like where you're so cold that you just can't sleep. You're just like, oh, uh, uh, and it was bad, dude. But yeah. So just keep in mind, 
have a sleeping bag that's appropriate. And a lot of us are like, oh, look, you know, 30 bucks, I can buy that sleeping bag that weighs less than a pound and it folds up to, you know, yeah, the size of my pouch. arm. Yep. That's great. I'm going to be the awesomest prepper ever because, look, I could fit three sleeping bags in there. Well, yeah, but look at the temperature rating and just make sure it's appropriate for where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, again, as we mentioned over and over again in this episode, a lot of these things can be overcome by learning how to build proper shelters, how to, you know, set up fires and, and do things. Maybe you can get there with a tarp and a, you know, and the appropriate thing, make the right teepee or do something where you'll be able to keep warm easy and, and you don't need to carry so much. These are skills you can learn, but remember you need to trade skills for stuff if you're not willing to put in the time and learn it. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, but having an appropriate temperature sleeping bag is a big deal. Um, a lot of you guys also might want to consider some kind of cushion or padding between you and the ground. I was just going to um, say that I just started using yeah. one and let me tell you something game changer, game changer. And it changes the temperature too. Huge, huge amount laying directly on the ground. That, that cold ground is going to go directly into your body. Uh, that tiny little mat that, you know, weighs three pounds. It's a little bit big. You roll it up and strap it onto the back of your bag. Not a huge deal. It's a little bit big and bulky, but it's lightweight and it's fucking huge difference. Huge. As far as temperature goes, you need something between yeah. you and the ground. And there's a, there's a big, you know, it's a big deal there. The other thing um, I see a lot of guys do that I've, I've gotten into for my summer camp is uh, uh, the hammocks. They're yeah. not very expensive. They're incredibly lightweight they pack into the tiniest thing you, you pull them out and it's like you can't possibly imagine that my that your fat ass is going to be held up by this thin fabric but they've really made some big changes in the past uh 10 15 years with the fabrics they're using on these things and you can get one that weighs less than a pound that'll hold your fat ass and your fat wife too you know and just make sure when you get it that you either have the, the appropriate straps or that you have rope that's rated for the right width right weight you know there's nothing worse than setting up a hammock and falling three feet onto some sharp rocks because you're an idiot that is awkward and embarrassing so mm -hmm. something to try and avoid yeah now let's All talk right. about fire keeping warm making right. a fire building a fire doing fire shit doing doing man shit you should be doing this in your fucking backyard every weekend anyway so you shouldn't have this down i'm gonna tell you the secrets you're going out of the woods you don't have you don't have anything dry. Everything's fucking soaking wet. It's been raining for three weeks. You're trying to start a fire and you got a bunch of fucking, you know, bunch of fucking rotten wet logs. You need to have I know everyone's talks about the bow drill and the um you know the the uh the fire starter. Uh what am, what am I talking about? You know, those little uh, Flint and steel, whatever steel, right. sparking all yeah. that that sort of shit. Mag don't be stupid. Get some fucking lighters that work. Brand new lighters. Put them in your bag. It's a lot easier than trying to do something stupid. And number two. And if you're thinking matches, find a way to keep them dry. Right. And matches you know, are Wrap just, those up in a bag. They're great. They're useful. But a lighter is ten times better and it'll last a lot longer. And it'll, you'll have more lights yeah. with it. Uh, I also, when I'm going out uh, on a you know lightweight, long-term trip, I also bring a small 
uh, bag of dry kindling. You know, whether it's uh, um, sawdust or, or, you know, wood shavings, something that's dry that you can get a fire started. Now, you you can buy pre-made fire starters, mm -hmm. which are awesome. Great, um, great in the Boy idea. Scouts, we used to make them. We used to take egg cartons, uh -huh. and we would basically drip wax. Like, you'd take one egg square, kind of, right. you know, an egg section, cut that. Well, we'd make them all at once and then cut them apart. You know, you'd mm -hmm. use each one. But basically, you would put sawdust in each one, and then we would drip wax on it. Mm -hmm. And... And those had, you know, burned for a long time and, and really be able to start kindling and dry it out even a little bit. But they make even cooler, nice ones now that you can really. Uh, yeah, there's a million ways you, know, you can make them at home. I like the egg carton way. I've done that a, a few times. and It works great. Um, but you can also buy some quality stuff for very inexpensively. It's not this yeah. is something that's going to break your bank. Um, the other thing with the, the fire is. Um, <clears throat> you want to be able to use your tarp to uh, when you've got when you've got wet wood. You want to be able to put your tarp on the wood when it's raining and take the tarp off and keep that fire dry. But also, I like it. I'll, once I get a fire started, I'll kind of stack the wet wood all around the outside of that fire just so it's drying out. That heat is kind of drying things out as it's burning. Um. And uh, having a fire is a big is a big deal. You know, you even you know when you go out in the backyard with the wife and kids and you have a little campfire, everybody loves that shit. And it's, it's, it's morale changer. Yeah. It's yeah. And I've I've Let's gone try you out a little bit. I've gone camping and done that and not gone without fires just to you know just to see big difference. You can survive without a fire. It's not a necessity in most situations, but uh, you really want to be able to start that fire if it's at, at all possible. Right. Um, and you're going to need to be able to start fires when you get where you're going. Right. You know, you need a, a plan, you know. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Let's talk about first aid kits. Um, All right. Now, now, I mean, we could go down a big road here. I don't want to get too far. Um, mm -hmm. too, too dangerous. We'll talk about some key items. Definitely, I put my trauma bag. Yep. Goes with me with my bug out bag. Right. Um, my trauma bag basically you know your israeli bandage your your it's gonna have your triple antibiotic just because i'm gonna have quick clot sponge uh that's a key in there the israeli bandage i already mentioned right and then mm -hmm. um the scissors to cut away bad things yep and i don't know i don't even have it in front of me to think everything but uh well i don't know what else do you got well let me start with saying i have a tourniquet in there yeah so, let me yeah. start with saying this Go in your bug out bag, your 72 hour bug out bag, all you guys that are prepping at home and do what I did. Open up your, your first aid kit, look at it and throw it in the fucking garbage. Cause it's been in there for three years and all the bandages are fucking rotten. All the shit has expired. I do the same shit. I buy the, you know, thing, I pack it all up and I leave it in there. And then when I need to use it, it's all fucking garbage. So keep an eye on your first aid kit. Be conscientious right. about it replenish it take uh, out old shit but uh what i would um, like to see in every every first aid kit is going to be um you know things that you might not be thinking about anyway obviously you're going to have your bandages your first aid uh your you know band-aids your uh that sort of stuff but make sure you have antibiotic cream because a small cut 
that you get in your everyday life that you just ignore, you don't even put something on it, it's not a big deal. If it gets infected, you just go to the doctor. But in a survival situation, you don't want to have to fucking go to a doctor. You don't want to have an infection on your finger that isn't going away and it's getting fucking worse every day because you don't you didn't disinfect it properly. Um, right. Another so great you're, thing you're gonna that, need the triple antibiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Another ahead. thing great for that is uh, Vaseline. Your skin gets dried out. Your face is exposed to the weather. You need to kind of protect that stuff. I know that um, I've done it before, and you look stupid. But if you're out in freezing weather, you can and you've got your clothing on, you can smear Vaseline all over your fucking face, and you look all shiny and stupid. But it's gonna really keep you from getting uh, you know, from getting windburn. It's gonna keep you from getting uh, frostbite. It's gonna help out. It's gonna save you about ten degrees, on you know, in all your situation. Um, Benadryl. Uh, a lot of the times when you're out there, you get into situations where maybe you uh, interact with something that you don't normally interact with. You have some sort of an allergic reaction, poison ivy, poison oak, um, uh, bug stings, bites, things like that. It's great for that stuff. Tylenol. It's not a, it's not a, it doesn't make a huge difference in, in how you feel, but it makes a small difference. And for kids and for, for you, when you've got a headache, because you went out with your bug out bag and you found a bottle, an old bottle of whiskey in there and you thought, fuck it, I'll just drink all this whiskey right now. Cause that's fun. Tomorrow morning, right. it's not going to be so fun. So, right. uh, so I would say keep a bottle of whiskey in your bug out bag, but use it sparingly. Don't be an asshole. Um, but yet, also a great thing to have for, for me specifically is a first aid uh, book because I, I don't have any medical training. I, you know, I, I've taken all the basic first aid classes and shit like that, but I've never, you know, I don't have a fucking degree. I'm not a registered nurse. You know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm an, I'm an idiot, you know? Well, one of the cool ones, I put a uh, old uh, Boy Scout handbook and I bought one of the older ones. You know, mm-hmm. from years back, the the field manual, I think they called it at the time. Right. And, uh, you know, that has your first aid, your fire starting, your shelter building. Um, also, another great one would be uh, the SAS manual. Right. That's a um, great one. It, it, it'll cover the same type of stuff. Um, I do have some specific like off grid. Now, I plan to kind of hunker down where I am. And I have all kinds of, you know, war medicine and all kinds of books. I did, we did a whole episode on medical stuff. Um, But either the SAS manual, the Boy Scout handbook, or some kind of complete survival type manual, you want to fit in your bag just as a minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, First aid kit. uh, The only other things, you know, I would add. shoot i don't know i mean i have like sutures i have i have a lot of more you know expanded stuff infection is huge like you were talking about uh i know in my kit i have uh they have wound wash where it's like a compressed uh spray you know that you are able to clean out things a little bit that'll buy you time you know you're gonna definitely also with hygiene you know need some bars of soap in there in your bug out bag you know fill a ziploc with your uh you know irish spring or something mm-hmm. and the stuff's super cheap it weighs a little more than you'd like it to but a bar of soap goes a long way um 
And if nothing else, you know, because when you're dirty and stuff, infection is so much more likely to spread, and that's what's going to do you in. Um, the Tylenol for fever, also maybe Motrin. I, people seem to have better success with uh, pain relief for that. Mm-hmm. I have some uh, – I did like Orgel for pain for the kids kind yeah. of thing. I, I'll keep it. I'll use that topically like anywhere on the body. Mm-hmm. Now I just found they have as a uh, – it's called something numb. I don't know, but they have a lidocaine. Uh, cream that you can put on really you can buy that, that. actually yeah it, i was like holy crap this is awesome and i was reading people were using it for getting tattoos and stuff like that mm-hmm. but um so i just added that to my medical bag uh just recently wait you mean and, like uh, yeah they have it on people are using that for tattoos like like pussies and shit when they get a tattoo yeah, and they cry yeah, about it yeah exactly of people yeah all right. So yeah. You can get they it, said right it, it your makes it for the five, six hours. Right. Uh-huh. And they, so they can look tough and be a, a Nancy boy. Right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, whatever. Now moving along, uh, but yeah, in that same yeah, vein, we have a, go ahead. an episode on, on medical and, and, you know, bags. I, I didn't really plan on going there cause this is already a long episode and it just, you know, it, it's such a big rabbit hole that right. you could go down with medical. Yeah. But Let anyway, in say, the same vein, get your get your your first aid kit out of your bag, open it up, and fix it. Make it make it yeah. better than what you got. If you bought a store bag, uh, store bag like you already made, you're going to need to add to it. Yeah, the pre made. Unless you bought a five hundred dollar uh, EMT bag, right? Probably doesn't have the right. The thing is, you don't need five hundred dollars worth of stuff, but you need to know what. And again things that you know how to use. If you don't know how to use it, it shouldn't be in your bag. Right. Cause you're just wasting space and, and stuff, but you know, anyway, so moving along. All right. Right into that with first aid is, is hygiene. Um, me, I've got a, I've got a thing where I always bring toothbrush and toothpaste, even if I'm just, poop paper. Through, yeah. Well, poop paper. Yeah. Poop paper is great, and it's a great fire starter too. And everybody likes a clean asshole. That's yeah. That's just how it goes. Those wet wipes, great. Flushable wipes, great. Don't flush those flushable wipes because they'll just fill your septic tank out up, and they don't break down. But as far as being out in the woods, and you know, don't be an asshole. Bury your shit. It's it's gross. Nobody wants to step in human shit. Um, go away from your camp. Dig a little hole. Take a dump. Throw a rock in there, throw some leaves on that shit and move on. Don't just, don't just, uh, you know, lean your ass over, over the ledge of the, you know, the stream that you're next to and take a shit in it because you're going to end up having to drink your own shit at some point. Um, soap, bar of soap, lightweight and it lasts for a long time and you can use it. And, uh, when you're eating, when you're out there, you can use it to clean your, your utensils. You can use it to clean your hand your hands. Um, everybody that has a beard like I do knows that it's going to be full of nasty shit and smell like shit. Bar soap isn't great for beards, but it's better than just smelling like shit. That's, I mean, staying clean is really a big difference in, in how healthy you're going to be during the time you're out there. Now, let's get into some basic tools that you're going to have in your bag. Now, we talked about raiding your tool shed on your way out. Yeah, this isn't raiding your shed, Mm -hmm. but maybe you strap your axe on there. Right. I'm just saying. So, as as first thing that I think everybody should have in a bug-out bag, I'm sure everybody does that's already built a bug-out bag, 
everybody that's going to build a bug out bag knows to think about it, but as a knife. Now, I like two knives. I like a small pocket knife for small little things. And I like a big Bowie knife that you can use to, you know, kind of hack up some wood, break some wood up. And, you know, if you have to fight somebody, you know, a knife is a lot better. You know, bring the knife to the fist fight. Don't bring the knife to the gun fight. But, you know, you know how it goes. You want something big that you can use in a, you know, in an aggressive way. But you also want something you can use for like the smaller, smaller projects. Use so, a big Bowie knife, you know, right. a little, you know cut a little thing or cut your food up when you're eating. It's just stupid. And it's, it's a pain in the ass. Now you guys um, know that, well, um, you guys who've been a fan for years know that I was a big fan of the SOG jungle primitive machete. Great knife. This thing is freaking awesome. We actually gave one away to one of our listeners. That's how much I loved it. We had one custom made, I think. Is that right. Not right. Yeah. No. Oh, but that one didn't get given away. We gave away a factory one. Right. Is that right? And then we actually have in the private collection the custom made Sog Jungle Primitive. Yeah. Is that correct? That. Yeah. Uh, Seth Span, I made that for me. Made custom made sheets for Spanny blades. And uh, yep. yeah. And um, it's fucking great. I still use it to this day. Um, so it's a history handle. Sog Jungle Primitive. Nice. You can cut small trees, clear areas. It's great for tons of stuff, and it honestly wouldn't even be too bad for self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go after a guy who's holding that when I didn't have a gun or, you know. Right. I, right. I don't know. It just, just seems like a go-to. Now, you said pocket knife uh, and a bigger, like, fighting knife. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be a machete, but I, I go with the heavy-duty uh, fixed-blade uh, Bowie knife is what I, what I like. All right. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, you know, if you guys were like, yeah, but I can't really afford a heavy-duty fixed-blade Bowie knife, maybe you should take it, check out our little uh, giveaway contest we have coming up. That's right. Because we have a nice pretty ones. badass Bowie knife in there that uh, might be up for grabs. We'll mention that more at the end of the episode here. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, so Sog Jungle Primitive, you know, some kind of machete or go-to bigger knife that'll, you know, Almost, I mean, it's not working as a hatchet. You're not doing big stuff. It's not really an axe. I have a great hatchet in my bag. Um, but again, not necessary. That might be extra weight, especially if you're carrying an axe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely a machete. Definitely. Um, I always have a Leatherman multi-tool on my belt. I would say if you're not somebody who's always carrying one, it should be in your bag. I think that would be great. Um, those pliers seem to come in handy over and over again. Um, the uh, and and I like like the seal pup for my like belt everyday kind of knife. I, I don't carry it's too big and it frightens schoolgirls and things. But um, if I was you know living at camp or that kind of thing, that's a great knife that I, I carry on my hip. Um, at times, you can find it very cheap. I didn't pay over a hundred dollars for it. It was more like the forty dollar range, mm-hmm. but you really got to watch to find it at that price. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll start sharing it. I used to share it with the group whenever I'd come across it for cheap, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. So, anyway, something like that, some kind of belt knife that that is the go to. Um, and some people like just like a buck uh, skinner, you know that kind of thing, uh, an animal skinner knife would not be a bad idea to throw in the bag. Um, 
and also a knife for cooking. Uh, if you don't have a good way to clean your knife all the time, a separate cooking knife, which I understand you still have to clean, mm-hmm. but you know, that you're just using for that and maybe not for the nasty stuff. Right. You know, I, I, I find I'm sticking my Leatherman in all kinds of bad stuff and then I'm using it to pull out splinters and stuff later in the day. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe not. That's not maybe as clean. So I just imagine if I was using the same thing to prepare food, maybe, you know, something to think about. Mm-hmm. So those uh, knives be good. Uh, nope. Head what is it? Or big deal. Headlamp. Headlamp is great. And then also I would add flashlight in here, some kind of solar chargeable or crank right. flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of those cheap, like $20 crank. Uh, it actually has like a little solar panel, a crank flashlight and a, uh, a radio. Mm-hmm. And it also gets like the Noah bands, something to have in your bag. I mean, I don't know. I mean, information, they say, you know, is key to everything. So I, I think it's good to have the radio. Uh, but I also have those little blocks that are solar and that are a pretty bright flashlight, you know, that like they look like an iPhone kind of size thing. Right. And it's basically a solar panel and a flashlight. Uh, those are pretty great. I have one of those in the bag. Yeah. Now, most of those you uh, can plug in and charge up now. When I go out with with that, I usually have it charged before I leave. It's, you know, it's good to have. But, you know, if, if you're in a rush and it's just in your bag and it's been in the bag for two years, it's fine. You can throw it in the sun and it'll charge up pretty quick. Right. Those things work really uh, well. Another, you know, again, this, this is a, a budget item that is maybe not the right thing. If you spent... 150 bucks, do a little research on one of those fold out solar charger ones. Mm-hmm. Now look at the Watts that it actually charges. Cause if you look around, you can get a better deal, but you want something that's going to charge like, I don't know. It'd be awesome. Like 25 Watts. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that for like 120 bucks or something. Um, something fold up that you could throw in there. If you uh, could have freaking radios, Mm-hmm. That might be a huge asset to throw in there. Um, if you were able to charge the batteries, you know, a lot of those will charge off USB. And if you had the thing, also some more flashlights and headlights, anything that you can either charge the batteries that go in it or a chargeable item. Those, again, that's more of a somebody who's willing to commit more money to your bug out bag. Mm-hmm. To me, not as much of a priority as like food or cooking or water right. purification. But if you have extra and you can get more stuff in there, that would be a great asset, you know, and things to have. Uh, You know, that's something that I would love to add to my bag that I really haven't. Um, I do have a decent Faraday cage that I keep all the time with some solar charging stuff and some electronics that, you know, might be a huge game changer in the end of the world. Um, I keep those set aside. That's a, a big thing for me. But, you know, we all decide where we want to spend our money. So, I don't know. That's kind of what I got on tools. All right. I'd like to uh, throw in a uh, couple of little things. Um, map, compass, cash. Yeah, I was going to say compass, map. Yep. Mm-hmm. Duct tape. I, I was saving that for another section. Okay. But yeah. Duct tape, garbage bag, sewing kit, snare wire, and zip ties. Love it. Everything there is great. Uh, I would add a paracord. 
Oh, yeah, right. Maybe mention it. Maybe we mentioned it in the shelter area. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what else you got here? Uh, paracord. Uh, I'm going through. Uh, another thing when you do prepare to bug out, I mean, that, the, I feel like that's the gist of, you know, we, we, I think we covered poncho, you know, that kind of thing, some rain gear, but that could just be your 55 gallon trash bags, whatever mm-hmm. you decide, you know, what you want to be, you know, sometimes a, a good uh, hat, like people have those jungle hats. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a rainy climate and really expect that that's going to be an issue where you're traveling in the rain, those, uh, jungle hats are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, just where it keeps it off your face and, and kind of off you. Right. Um, right. makes people a lot happier traveling like that. Uh, the other thing, when you bug out, you need to make sure that you have quality shoes or boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may want to keep these with your bag, like nearby. So you're not looking for them. I mean, if, if you're wearing, you know, comfortable hiking kind of boots every day, but I got to say, maybe even have a backup pair all the time because yeah. you don't want them to be at the end of their life cycle and you're going to be survival guy off in the woods because, mm-hmm. man, if you don't have quality footwear now in your climate, maybe it's morels. I know like I, I go out and feed my chickens every morning and do that kind of thing. If I throw on my morels, they're soaked through to the sock mm-hmm. by the time I get back to the house every single time. And but I throw on my boots and, and I'm good to go, you know, and, and there's no issue. Mm-hmm. So quality footwear that you've tried and know. Now, my morels are more like the kind of sneaker lighter. I think they make more aggressive hiking boot kind of ones that are. Right. You know, possibly more waterproof and, and whatever, but make sure it's not something that you're going to have soaking wet feet right out of the gate. Right. Cause it will make your life very uncomfortable. Right. Now there's a big difference in your, in your climate, um, with insulated boots, uh, up North, you really want to have some good insulated boots down South. You're going to be sweating your ass off. You also want to have, yeah. there's a difference between work boots and hiking boots. You know, yes. work boots are great for work. They're not great for hiking. You know, um, also make sure you get the fucking right size boot. I've made a mistake where I was in a rush and I bought some hiking boots that were a half size too big, huge pain in the ass, you know, walking around the store was no problem. But once you're out in the mountains, moving around, it was a huge, huge, uh, pain in the ass. Um, now go ahead. I was going to say another thing with that is that, uh, you know, with the appropriate footwear, you might also want to get uh, some like shoe inserts, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the padded stuff. And I'm not talking about like you should already have yours at the most comfortable way that you can make them. So, you know, you put the inserts in now, whatever. But I know as I'm starting to wear them out, if I have a new insert to put in there, buys me a lot more life. Mm-hmm. And if you had some of those in your bag, you know, some Dr. Scholl's or whatever insert pad, ones that you know are going to fit in there and work, if you had those in your bag, that might extend the life of your shoes mm-hmm. and your comfort and your working ability, you know, by a long shot. So just keep that in mind. That might be another great thing to add to your bag. Right. Now let's talk about firearms. I was saying earlier that I don't carry firearms in my bag. And the reason for that is that I live in New York, and if I fuck up and leave, I might be breaking a law. That's not the case for most people in most of civilized America. Fine. Um, yeah. 
but you want to make sure that you're carrying the appropriate 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 caliber of ammo and the appropriate amount of ammo ammo is heavy as fuck and yeah it's great to have a thousand rounds but you don't want to be carrying that for 15 miles and you don't Again, want to be carrying that for 15 miles and realize you have a nine millimeter and have 22 shells in there there you, you go know? um Again, that's something when you have a lot of time, you're adding to the truck to take with you. It's all your ammo. Um, again, I'm kind of at the le- point where maybe you have a lot of extra ammo where it's not like a, you know, somebody might have all their ammo and it's five pounds worth or three pounds worth. Well, then that's not such a big deal to keep all that in the bag, you know. Mm-hmm. But if if you had 100 pounds or 200 pounds, then that might be different, you know, or more than that. Then, you know, so, but these are things you could add when you're going to leave, but having several full magazines for your appropriate weapons would be a great idea. That's great. And I realize that bullets disappear pretty quick. Yeah. I would yeah. say a minimum of 30 rounds for each firearm you're bringing. And uh, I would make sure I would have a handgun and a rifle, not a shotgun. I mean, shotguns are great. You can get birds and all sorts of shit with it. Great. But you're better off with a rifle than you are with a shotgun, I think, in, in that sort of situation. Now, if you feel that you're able to get where you're going without conflict of people and you're going to the middle of nowhere, I got to say a 22 rifle might be your go-to mm-hmm. survival rifle. Right. You know, if one, if you're not bringing the armory and you're not doing battle on the way and whatever – as far as a survival in the woods and wilderness, a 22 rifle is the kind of go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a decent scope on like a Ruger 1022. Mm-hmm. You could pretty much survive forever in most woods if you weren't in competition for animals with other hunters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, rabbit, people say, oh, girls, well, all that sort of stuff. Great, great. And I know a lot of people who are taking deer with headshots. Yeah. Or maybe I've heard rumors, even though that sounds shady and illegal. And yeah. Yeah, I don't but, know anybody to um, ever do that. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, another you know, I, I know that I have a, a friend of mine that was telling me that he's got a high-powered uh, air pistol, a, a pellet gun, and he takes out uh, woodchucks with it and shit. Uh, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But I don't think it's that high-powered uh, pellet gun is going to be sufficient for you know for- uh, i know i could do squirrels and probably bunny rabbits with my pellet gun i have a gamo gun that that's pretty cool i don't, I don't see a woodchuck i know that i'm getting them like eight times with the freaking 22 mm-hmm. and my experience well i mean i guess if you're walking up on them at 10 feet i mean I, i'm getting mine at 75 yards right you know and that that's that's work mm-hmm. uh because my experience is he's never standing there at 10 feet away like I'll go out and work and I'll be at somebody else's house in the city and I can walk 10 feet up to them. Right. But I know in the country, the woodchucks don't let me get quite that close, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, just uh, basically think of comfort. Think of what you need. Think about what you need to eat. Think about what you need for shelter Think about what your family does every day, your family prescriptions, your family, you know, things, maybe an extra set of eyeglasses if you're useless, if your glasses break. You know, these are the things you should go through. What do I use every day? What do I really need? You know, do I need a percolator for coffee and and coffee? Do I need um, 
Another thing I wanted to add, I was going to put it under the tool section, is uh, they have those like survival seed faults, uh-huh. things like that. If you had a right. container of pre, pre-done seeds that you could go out, but make sure it's got a shelf life that they're going to be reasonable germination. And I've done the survival seed vault stuff and then gone and planted them. Uh, the ones from my Patriot Supply, I would say... I had like a 70% germination rate. I would kind of hope for better than that. Mm -hmm. So just kind of be aware of what you're getting. But some seeds are better than no seeds. Because if you're planning on starting the world, again, if you're the guy who's like, I need to make it through 10 days. I I want a bug out bag in case I need to. Because you think it's ridiculous that the world would end where you're not going to be in civilized society within 10 days. Then don't worry about seeds. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're the guy who's like, I need to go start over and I'm going to be like little house on the prairie with my axe and build a log cabin and I'm never going to see people for 10 years, then you want to bring some seeds in your bag. Right. And, you know, your bag might be a little different, um, but that might be something you want to throw in there. Also, you know, coffee. Uh, I know we did an episode on like covered wagon kind of prepping and uh, we talked about, you know, the bigger stuff where you're buying bulk salt and you're buying bulk coffee Mm -hmm. and you know these things we're trying to fit it in a bag so you know work with us but there's different ways to prep for what you want and also staging a location but it's hard if you don't know what's coming you know then how you know how in the woods do i need to be to get away from society if you don't know what you're planning against Mm -hmm. then you need to you know yeah, and it's that's why I really would recommend prepare. everybody get out and use your bug out bag. Go on a fucking go skills. on a two day trip and take your bug out bag and see what you're missing. Go on a and, trip and where you, you, you can know. get back to the car and drive to the store because you can, you know, you forgot something and you can get it and learn some skills. That's it. Now, we have a uh, a Facebook group that is prepping badass, the prepping badass group, and you guys may want to join that. And you will see in there that we have a very impressive Bowie knife that we are giving away. And it's got a nice leather holster from Spanny Blades and and a custom grip. Has uh, a a Damascus steel blade. Um, It's a pretty impressive knife. And uh, I got to say that we are giving this away to somebody who basically checks out our cool gear at preppingbadass.com. We got t-shirts, we got face masks, we got coffee mugs, which I got to say, I'm not as impressed as I thought I would be. I see it and it's got like a different color handle. Kind of was weird. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm, drinking out of mine right now. Are you, are you liking it? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's a coffee mug. It looks good. Yeah, it's good. All right. All right. So there you go. It sounds like it's good. Um, I just was hoping it was all one solid color yeah. and it wasn't. And that's what kind of messed with me a little bit. It seemed weird. But anyway, we got some awesome stuff though. We do have a lot of cool t-shirts and a lot of cool stuff. You can show your prepping badass, you know, enthusiasm and support. And I know you guys like to be low key, but come on, you wear shirts for all kinds of cool things. You can't tell me that, uh, you know, you don't want to tip your prepping hand. So anyway, so if you found one of those, and you took a picture of yourself. We're going to use the coolest picture that we get, or possibly multiple, in uh, in in some ad campaigns to uh, promote the gear. And 
whoever we decide to use is going to win this knife. Now, we only are giving it out to somebody in the U.S. because, honestly, it's just too hard to figure out how to send a knife somewhere. Really, it's too hard to send anything to another country Mm -hmm. from America. It's just freaking ridiculous. There's customs forms and extra fees and bullshit, and I just can't do it, and I'm sorry. And I just don't know how to do it in an easy way. So we just make it too hard. Mm -hmm. So anyway... You live in the U.S., Take buy some badass gear at PreppingBadass.com. Take a picture of it. Send us with you out having a good time with it. Um, and, you know, you're out swinging the axe. You're at the shooting range. You're, you know, sitting by the campfire. Maybe you're just drinking beer. Maybe you have your, your Prepping Badass coffee mug and you're filling it with Maker's Mark whiskey. Right. You know, right. that might be something that you're doing. Right. Then... Right? Is Maker's Mark? Does that sound accurate? Yeah. That's what I thought I remember. And you may want to shoot us a picture of you enjoying your prepping badass gear. And especially if you can showcase the the gear a little bit in the picture, that'd be awesome. But we're going to give it a little time. And once we receive a couple of good pictures, we are going to, uh, you know, choose a winner and, uh, you know, then uh, send that out. And we're going to give you a little time to get your items purchased and get them shipped out to you. But we're going to pick a winner and we're going to send them a badass Bowie knife. That's all I can tell you. So we know we appreciate you guys always listening. We try and do some quality extended length episodes every now and again. Um, Don't forget to support our, uh, from our, yeah, sponsors. That's the one like uh, tackpack.com who, by the way, gave out a nice Gerber multi-tool this last month Mm -hmm. that I uh, received in the mail. So uh, I'm just saying, they had a lot of cool shit in there. They have uh, basically a monthly subscription where they send you different gear, usually related to AR-15s. And, uh, you know, you get some of those cool, hard-to-find items like magazines and things like that right there in the mail sent out to you. So... Anyway, somebody great you might want to check out. We're actually reaching out to some new sponsors. We'll see uh, what happens there. But anyway, if you're loving the show, maybe head over to iTunes and leave a review or wherever it is you're downloading the podcast. Let other people know what you're thinking. And uh, be great if you shared it You know, on Facebook. We'd really appreciate it. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. places.
Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.